social, impact, everywhere. Welcome back, my fellow social impactors, to another episode of the Social Impactors Podcast. And today we have another special guest with us. We have Alex Leonard. And Alex Leonard is the founder and uh, I want to say CEO uh, of Alex Leonard Media, which is a creative hub in London, Ontario, that helps provide video content and murals to environmental businesses and nonprofits. So I wanted to first say, Alex, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Hi, Avery. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast, man. I'm really excited to speak to you and uh, yeah, for this to go out to all your listeners and for them to learn a little bit more about what I'm doing myself. Awesome. So let's jump right in then. And the first question I have for you is really a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and why you believe you're a social impactor. Absolutely. So who I am, just for some background, my name is Alex Leonard. I run Alex Leonard Media. We really specialize in creating video and mural content. As you said, I'm the founder and CEO of my own company. And what I do is essentially try to connect with environmental and socially positive organizations within my own community, living in London, Ontario, and Canada, but also uh, having that external reach wherever possible uh, through organizations that are outside of Canada. I've done a lot of work, particularly with helping wild elephant populations in Sri Lanka and Southeast Asia. So why I do what I do, I think, really comes down to the fact that uh, in essence and where I want to see myself move forward is in environmentalism and really helping to protect our planet. And I think that that aspect of having a social impact is so important right now because, you know, you can, you can tackle different elements, but if we don't have a planet to live on, then I think everything else is in vain to a certain extent. Yeah, no, <laughs> I talk about that statement all the time a lot with my, uh, with my colleagues, and, it, and it's true, right? I mean, at the end of the day, what this system we've created and, you know, this, this, this monetary gain and exponential growth that we compare things to uh, really is just a fun system to play in. Yes, it's great to make money, but if you don't have a planet, you don't have clean air, uh, nothing else really matters. <laughs> at the end of the day, we need to protect those vital resources because they're finite. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel as well, a lot of people are really overwhelmed by all the negativity and the messaging that is constantly uh, like existing around you in mainstream media and, you know, online. And I think that just seeing all that negativity can really leave someone with a pessimistic outlook. And so I think as social impactors, it's important to like find, uh, you know, a finite uh, problem that you think you can handle. Mm. Right. I think a lot of a lot of people, even who are making a social change, can beat themselves up because they're not doing this. They're not doing that. Maybe they still eat, you know, meat or they're not recycling or, you know, they don't have a zero free waste style. But like, I don't think humanly it's possible to be doing everything. So I think it's important that you find that that corner and you kind of like you master it and you make sure that once you have that corner mastered, you kind of turn around and you can see where else you can go. But like for me, for instance, like with my work with elephants, a lot of people are like, well, why elephants? There's so many other species that are in danger. And absolutely. But for me, it's something that I've learned a lot about. It's been the essence and root of how I've been able to go and travel and be able to help organizations. And so 
I feel that if you focus on one aspect and one, you know, depth to really help that can, you know, it will often grow and it will often inspire a lot of people and themselves to find out where they, they want to grow. So I guess to kind of just expand on that. So there's a little bit more context. Uh, I was this past, you know, 2018. So last year I was helping the Sri Lankan Wildlife Conservation Society in Northern Sri Lanka, uh, helping mitigate conflict between wild elephants and farmers. And so from that whole experience, I actually bought a drone just to be able to fly in Sri Lanka. And uh, from that and filming uh, in conflict areas, I'm now creating a documentary that is going to be called Humans and Elephants. And it's highlighting some of the issues that are existing locally, but also what are solutions that are being done from researchers, from local people in Sri Lanka to help try and mitigate that conflict. And, create a more peaceful coexistence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, what you said is absolutely true that, you know, you found your niche, you found what you're good at, you found what you can, you can take and, and kind of amplify that into social impact. And at the end of the day, uh, the, these large movements we have, and you know, this, this transfer from a very um, extractionary economy to a flourishing uh, economy is by those little actions, right? You have to find what you're good at. You have to find what that positive change is and really own in on that. And, and I mean, kudos to you because I, I can tell you're doing it just by how you talk about it and how much you get into it. So that, that is creating social impact. Yeah. Well, it's something that I just try to, you know, more so in life nowadays, I'm trying to consume less and create more. And I just think that that's just like a good motto to live by because you can just spend all day binging anything on your phone or on the TV or whatever it is that you know you like to do but it's important I think to to kind of step away from a lot of that as well and it's a message that we don't often hear because everyone wants to be you know plugged in at all times no yeah I couldn't agree with you more it's it's the, there is a uh, a necessary component of unplugging because it helps you as a person just recuperate helps you you know uh, I'll be a little bit more creative and it really is time to get away from that, that the system we've created, which, uh, you know, at times can be quite negative. Uh, it, it's better to, you know, have a self-reflective day and just stay away from it every now and then. It is good to be, you know, plugged in, but sometimes it's good just to take a step yeah. back. No, I think moderation, right? Like I just know for me in times where I try to, you know, just be more of myself, more in self-reflective state, that's often when I can channel that creativity. And that's often when I find, uh, you know, positive ideas arise for myself. What about you? Do you, would you say that you have some sort of meditative state, Avery, that you find that you can be creative in or where you have ideas flowing? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's, it is unplugging. I, uh, there's times where, where it's great to, to, to be plugged in and great to have the opportunity to, you know, kind of play in the social network. But uh, lots of times when I'm overwhelmed or I need a time just to be critical, or even when I have a standstill in my business and I need to move forward, uh, that unplugging is what helps me, right? It helps you, it helps you kind of exist in your own little bubble for a second, which is not always good, right? You need to have others input, you need to have, you know, failure, you need to have an open market to really talk about your idea and your product. But uh, those self-reflective days, and, and Bill Gates is one of the guys who talks about this the most, having uh, basically uh, uh, an, a week to unplug. And what he does is he goes off and he just sits by himself. And it's a week to be alone and a week to think. And, and 
people underrate how useful those will be. And I do that usually weekends. I'll, I'll you know, for a Saturday, I'll just disappear. And I'll, and I'll tell my family, my girlfriend, I got to go. <laughs> and I will. And sometimes it's an afternoon. And sometimes it's just an hour. But those periods of time um, just completely boost your creativity and boost your confidence. And it helps you um, really stay clear to your direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I agree. Like, I don't think it, it is viable in the world we live in to always be you know, out of the network because sometimes you can find that creativity and you can get inspired by seeing the positive impact that others are making. Right. And I think that, that that has merit in itself. I think it's when it becomes, you know, not necessarily an addiction, but when it becomes uh, time consuming and it's, you know, it's taking away from things that you know you could be doing otherwise that are more beneficial. Like that's what I personally struggle with, with my own business is, balancing my time to make sure that I'm using it the most effectively to either edit videos or to find new clients, right? Like mm. that, I think all businesses, as they're starting up as an entrepreneur, we always struggle with. No, a hundred percent. It's, it's, it's never, uh, uh, <laughs> it's always a battle. It never goes away. <laughs> you just get better at managing your time. Um, yeah. So let's jump into the second question because we, we've talked a lot about what you're doing in Sri Lanka. And I think this is going to be really cool insight. And, and I want to know, you know, a little bit about how you're making a positive impact then in your community. Cool. Absolutely. So I think here within London and within the surrounding area, one way that I'm making a positive impact is through an organization that is somewhat in proxy with my own business. But I think uh, I've just really been helping them with their video and with their web design. And that's an organization called Pollinators Pathway Project. So what the Pollinator Pathways Project is, is we try to promote people in London, Ontario, particularly within the Carolonian area, which is native plants to kind of Southern Ontario, to grow more native species in their backyard. And our mandate and our, reason for doing this is that pollinating species so not just bees but butterflies uh, hummingbirds all sorts of any any species that can pollinate our populations are drastically declining and as areas especially on the outskirts of cities are growing and becoming more urbanized we're, we're starting to lose these populations and so what we want to see is people having uh, native plants instead of just a green yard of grass having more flowers more native flowers more vegetables that you can grow yourself some more organically sourced foods and in doing this you would create essentially a, a pathway between neighborhoods between suburbs and even within cities right we we have people coming to us all the time with questions about balcony gardens and things like this and it doesn't have to be big right but we suggest one meter by one meter garden. So I think that this organization has really made a positive impact within London and within the surrounding areas because we're not the first ones that came up with this idea. It actually started in Seattle about 10 years ago. And since then, that concept has taken off rapidly. And there's so many pollinating species uh, projects that are happening all over the world. And well, it's funny you talk about, uh, um, you know, lawns and how you're trying to change that to a system that's a little bit more sustainable and a little bit more cyclical uh, in a system. And uh, I remember reading an article and I, I don't want to quote it exactly because I'm not remembering uh, the specific data, but it was something like 
front lawns or, or, or just lawns in general are one of the most irrigated crops or irrigated um, systems, basically, in all of North America. It uses the most water at any crop, but gives uh, the least amount of yield, right? Because there yeah. is no yield to it. You're not getting grass from it. Yeah. You're getting nothing. And, it, and it's, it's one of the most useless uh, crops or useless things that we use in a system. Uh, and it was, it was baffling to me how much we put into, you know, these front green lawns that really don't do anything. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I think, that, you know, I don't know too much about the history, but I think there is probably some era of that, you know, like utopian dream of having the perfect house with the perfect yard, the like greenest grass, right? And so I, I just think that that is an idealized concept is is an error because right now we don't need the greenest grass what we need is more species more native flowers you know and when you have a garden it's actually so nice so like every year me and my family we always grow a big vegetable garden and i love the summertime because if i want kale i can just go on and pick some if i need tomatoes i can just go in and pick some you know and having that option to have that is so rewarding and i think that it's something that more and more people are starting to realize uh, especially just considering the the rapid uh, attention and growth that the Pollinator Pathways project is getting, is that changing your front yard, it doesn't have to be in the front yard, it can be in the backyard. It's just anywhere in your in, on your property, in your land, if possible, to start growing more species instead of, say, taking care of your grass. And There's a really big benefit, actually, of even just not mowing your grass or leaving uh, leaves from the fall in any part of your yard because there's a lot of um, types of North American bee species that will actually nest inside fallen leaves. And, and it's, it's true. And I think one of the things that we need to um, look at is the, the beginning idea of having, you know, the, the American dream of a house and a lawn uh, made sense at that time period because we didn't know about the effects of, uh, of losing the nat natural environment, right? So we're at this this point now where we need to basically turn that system on its head and say, we need more natural inclusion. We need more environmental, uh, just a better environment and a more natural environment because we need to coexist with these species to be able to have clean air, to be able to have clean food, to be able to have a planet that we can sustain and a planet that, that, that you know, in my opinion, has weather and has climate that's pretty um that, that we can predict easier right we're at this point yeah. now where even the weather is becoming harder to predict because uh it is changing right there is there is a climate change that is happening and that becomes harder and harder and that affects the system we have right now right the traditional system cannot uh it does not really work in a system where climate is erratic so we're, we're at this point where we need to be, become a part of the natural environment and it's really just starting that question of how do we do it Absolutely. And I think, I think especially right now, it's so important for uh, businesses to realize that there is this, that you need to have a social impact. And uh, I recently heard that 89% of Canadians will prefer to choose a business that does have social impact. As oh, I, believe that. I believe that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's absolutely essential. And uh, again, just kind of bringing back to a positive impact and community, one organization, uh, one business in London,
that I think really does tie that social impact as really integral to their business uh, is a place downtown London that's called Reimagine Co. And so I work there part-time right now. Uh, I've known the owners, Hanal and Kara, um, for a few years. And I actually created the mural that's in the front of the store right before they opened. I reached out to them and was like, hey, do you need a mural? And they were like, absolutely. So that, again, is an extension of my own business, Alex Lennon Media. But what Reimagine Co. does and what they sell uh, is replacements to single-use plastics. So they have a refillery station for uh, soaps, whether it's shampoos, conditioners, dish soap, a laundry detergent. You can come in, people donate containers, so like old jars, that kind of thing. They clean them, they make sure they're sent, you know, there's no scent lingering. And then anyone can come and take those you know, donated containers or bring their own containers, fill up soap, so that's replacing the plastics you use every time that you're buying new shampoo. Alternatively, they have Tupperware, uh, all sorts of solutions for any type of single-use plastics that you would find. And I think that that business model is booming. There's so many zero-waste stores that are existing. And I, it's a trend that needs to continue. It really is. And, and uh, this, is, this is great segue into the third question that I have, and it's actually about business. So I, I'm, I'm curious to pull insight from what you do with your, your company yourself, and then all these other companies you talk about that have a social impact mandate, let's say. Uh, and the question I have for you is, do you believe that this idea of social impact or this action is an important part of business? 100%. I think it's, it's so essential. It's, it is so essential that a business has to have in their mandate or in their value proposition a degree of social impact and how that can manifest whether it is you know a particular group or a particular cause or some sort of value system that they hold that is just morally inherently good i think that that will set you apart significantly uh and i think not only on top of it from a financial perspective as like more people are going to buy from you and so forth. Right. Uh, I think as well, there's a variety of reasons to do it. You're going to get more media coverage. I think your business in the long run will have a, a, a stronger, um, it will have a stronger sense of staying around. And I just think that, in terms of, okay, so in terms of myself, you had brought that, that up. Uh, Alex Leonard Media, I think, really does tie in that social impact. It may not necessarily be in the about section, um, but I think it's something that is just key values that I hold. Uh, and, you know, I try to align myself with businesses that have similar values to what I put forth uh, in terms of my work ethic. I want to find organizations and even NGOs who maybe not necessarily are going to pay me the most, but in the long run, a lot of those organizations that don't necessarily have the, the capital or have the resources, some of the organizations that need it the most because of their value proposition and because of that social impact that they're trying to create, right? There's a lot of startups in that space, especially right now. Yeah, and I, again, I, 
a simple statement I have is that 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 trend needs to continue. We need to keep having these these businesses that have either uh, social impact embedded into what they do, or it's their mandate, <laughs> right? A simple action of social impact is a good thing. But the more we have companies that are social impact businesses, the more that we will create holistic um, success in the world, right? We won't just make money, but we'll also be looking at a key indicator, whether it's environment, whether it's, whether it's social related, whether it's, it's a, a part of the system that makes it better. I, I, I consistently find myself getting stuck in this negative lens and it's hard to get out of it, but I have to pull my, myself out sometimes. And it really is that we keep creating these companies that kind of continue the system, right? Continue the system of, of exponential growth and, and really extractionary, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and until we flip the system and say that businesses that are social impact related or businesses that are impact related and look at a triple bottom line, and those are the successful companies, until we flip that system, we will keep creating companies that really are just focused on one lens of what the world really needs. Absolutely. Uh, let me ask you something, Avery. Have you ever heard of the uh, certified B Corporation or B Corporations? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I interviewed a, a lady who works with uh, Rachel. She works with B, uh, B Lab uh, Canada okay, cool. and uh, love it. Yeah, B Corporations are a really cool mix, a Canadian version of, of what we should be doing in, in America as well. But uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah, so that, so that actually is something that I just learned about the other day. And I think if for any other entrepreneurs or any other businesses who are listening to this podcast, that, you know, I'm sure it's quite well known, but that is a way for you to say have that certification when you are reaching that level of environmental you know consciousness your community involved you know you care for your customers there's so many criteria that go in that goes into the b corporation but learning about the avenues and the resources that when you are a b corporation how they will help you and there's like a b network like you mentioned the b lab and i think that that uh, ideology of really like you know pumping each other up and having a, a certified system that these organizations are transparent they are actually you know moving ahead I think it's so important today especially because as environmentalism becomes more of a pressing issue we will see a lot of greenwashing and we already are right and that's a whole topic of you know unethical uh, marketing that we could get into but i think that something like b corporation recently learned about it i think that's amazing and uh, hopefully we see more of that on that trend oh yeah and i think it's happening and i and i'm excited to be a part of you know this 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 wave of, of really caring about uh, the world that we live on and the people with it too um so let's jump into the last question and this question is your advice for listeners today so what is that advice for others to begin making their own social impact in their communities. Absolutely. So I, I would say that the best piece of advice I can offer, and it kind of brings it full circle, something that I began speaking about is that you don't need to go out and you know, change your lifestyle, your habits, everything drastically overnight. And I think that that as an idea is very overwhelming. And I, I personally don't advocate for that. I advocate for make, making small steps. And I think in taking those small steps, if everyone were to make small steps, we'd be able to, to reach a, a much more positive picture and place ourselves in where we feel as an individual, but also on a collective you know, mindset as where we are, 
as a country or as a society or as you know the planet and i think that the small steps can be things that make sense in your life at the time uh, and sometimes you have to take steps back sometimes you have to take bigger steps forward i think it's about always just being conscious about the fact that you should be taking steps regardless towards a point in your life or towards helping an organization that you think is making a good change, that social impact that will have an everlasting positive outlook and return on our environment, on our community, and on yourself really as well, because you got to take care of yourself. Well, yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, if you don't, if you, <laughs> if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to operate at hundred percent. Right. And, and it has yeah. to start with you first, but uh, the more that we embed that, you know, that, that holistic, again, health, uh, the more that we can change those systems. And, and I love that piece of information that you said about really, um, you know, being specific about what you do, but also that it's those little actions every time, right? That is true. People, people, uh, tend to underrate the ripple effect you can have when you, uh, continue to do those small steps and really stay true to your moral compass, right? That's when you can make real substantial positive social change. Absolutely. And trying to make that change, but, and also knowing like when to take breaks, how to pace yourself. And I think it's good not to stretch yourself too thin. I think find what you think you're most passionate about and pursue that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. And so Let's end there because that was a perfect example of what being a social impactor really is, right? You are, you're leading uh, the charge in London uh, and you're beginning your path on being a social impactor in a social impact field, right? You're making real substantial change. So I just wanted to say, you know, thank you so much for being on the show, man. And if, uh, if there's any way for listeners to connect with you, what's the best way to reach out? Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you as well, Avery, for having me on the show. I think it's really awesome what your podcast is about. I've listened to several of the episodes and they're really inspiring. So keep on listening, people. If you want to reach me specifically, you can find my website at alexleonardportfolio.com. You can reach me on Instagram at alexleonardmedia. That's L-E-O-N-A-R-D. You can also find me on Facebook, Alex Leonard. Uh, media that's my page and you can just send me an email if you're interested to alexleonardportfolio at gmail.com